This episode of Astronomy Cast is brought to you by Swinburne Astronomy Online, the world's longest running online astronomy degree program. Visit astronomy.swin.edu.au for more information. Astronomy Cast, episode 237 for Monday, October 31st, 2011. Spooky Space Sounds. Welcome to Astronomy Cast, our weekly facts-based journey through the cosmos, where we help you understand not only what we know, but how we know what we know. My name is Fraser Kane. I'm the publisher of Universe Today, and with me is Dr. Pamela Gay, a professor at Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. Hi, Pamela. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Um, we're going to go and do a whole pile of trick-or-treating tonight, but mm-hmm. uh, or I'm imagining in the future, although we're actually not <laughs> recording this on Halloween, but you know, to get into the setting. Um, but yeah, our, our kids are, are at that age now where Halloween is a competitive sport. <laughs> that 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 is awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, I it's live all in about a... speed and endurance and <laughs> starting time and yeah. That that is very cool. I live in a small town and and we actually do a town Halloween parade where it's a bunch of basically take someone's old hay trailer and build a float on top of it and pull it down the street with a tractor or a pickup truck and it's really endearing and they throw candy at the kids. Not to well, the kids, at the kids. Well Halloween's a big deal then. Oh yeah, totally. We, good. we actually have a neighborhood email list to get competitive on who gave away more treats. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So to help you out with your Halloween parties, we've collected together the spooky sounds of the solar system. Every piece of audio you're about to play might sound like it comes from a terrifying nightmare dimension, but it's really just a natural space phenomenon from right here in our own solar system. All right, Pamela. So, so this show is going to be a little different in that we're going to uh, play a bunch of audio clips and then we're going to explain the science that's going on. So why don't we just listen to our first clip? Okay. That was really weird. That kind of sounded like a like a underwater depth gauge, like a submarine sound. So what were we hearing there? So the background hissy static, that's just the sound of the sky. It's the exact same thing that you see when you turn on a television, not a new digital television. You have to find one of the old regular televisions and you turn it to some place where there's no channel. It's that background radio photons that are coming from space, that are coming from electrons trapped in the atmosphere. It's just the hum of electrons changing energy levels and in the process giving off radio light. Now that high-pitched UFO noise you heard, that was actually the sound of a meteor reflecting back off of its ion trail, reflecting back sounds from an Earth transmitter. Our, our planet's covered in, well, radio transmitters. They're giving off your radio signals. They're giving off your television signals. And as a speck of rock comes through our atmosphere, it heats up. It uh, charges the atoms around it as it goes through the atmosphere. And it leaves this trail of excited atoms behind it. And that trail of excited atoms acts like a mirror and sends back some of that radio emission and creates that UFO noise that you hear above the background hiss. And so if they were recording for a whole night, they would be able to hear 
every meteor that was going across in the sky. And and what's kind of awesome is is that clip was from the Geminid store, and you can actually do this for any meteor storm. You can go out, get a radio receiver that's tuned to the proper station, and there's instructions for how to do this online that we'll link to in our show notes. And you can sit there and you can watch the sky for the shooting stars, and at the same time, listen to the noise they make as they reflect back bits of radio signal. And so it's science that that regular people could do with with a little bit of investment and some and some time and work. It's not you don't need a huge radio dish for this. No, this is this is the perfect science fair project if you're looking for a science fair project for your kid and you have a radio shack nearby. It's it's really something awesome that everyone who has a kid who likes to tinker should do at least once while their kid is growing up. Yeah, it really sounds like a UFO. That was great. Okay, let's do the next one. So that sounded to me like a bit like like sirens off in the distance, police sirens off in the distance, a whole bunch of them, or or people playing the saw, you know, that sound, you know, when you play <laughs> yes. the saw, or, uh, but a bit like crickets, like cicadas at night. So what was that? That was actually the uh, the solar aurora. That was magnetic interactions between our Earth's magnetic field and particles from the sun that if you could go out and look at them would probably paint the sky in fabulous dancing curtains of green. But auditorily, when you take the radio emissions and you play with them to get them down to where a human can hear them, those, those particles from the sun, when they hit the Earth's magnetic field, they change velocity. And that change in velocity is a change in energy, and that energy has to go somewhere. And that energy goes into creating radio signals, release of photons in the radio frequencies. And we're able to detect those using very special, not so cheap and easy to build in your backyard, using special radio receivers. And what's neat was the, the person who who recorded this, Stephen McGreevy, he actually, he went on a trip up to Grass River Provincial Park in the central western Manitoba area of Canada. And this was during normally solar minimum, but there was a really nice light show back in the summer of 1996. And as he looked at the aurora straight overhead, he was able to capture the sound coming from the aurora at the same time. That's that's pretty amazing. And it's interesting, I mean, that, that it happened during the solar minimum. So I wonder if, if someone's going to be doing that again now that we're nearing the solar maximum. Well, what, what gets me is, so you can have solar flares at any time, but the type of sound that you get from them captured in the radio signals, that traces out how the particles are interacting with our magnetic field. And if you have a whole lot more particles coming from a really big flare, like the flares we're starting to get right now that are causing aurora visible as far south as Arizona, those are going to be even more spectacular to listen to. And I look forward to seeing some of those posted on the internet. They're just not there yet. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the next one. And it's kind of related That's a 
haunted house. <laughs> That's totally a haunted house. This is the one everyone sent me. <laughs> it's totally haunted house. That is, that is amazing. All right, now we're getting into it. I mean, that was a haunted house <laughs> yes, sound. Totally. That was that was really scary. What what is that? That's Saturn. What part of Saturn? It's it's an aurora on Saturn. It's it's basically the big brother to the previous sound clip that we listened to. So the Cassini spacecraft is approaching Saturn. It was able to listen in on the sun's well solar storms wrecking havoc or at least wrecking beautiful noise on Saturn's magnetic fields. So as waves of particles went in and moved up and down the field lines, their changes in velocity and other interactions were able to produce these changing in pitch radio frequencies. And the change in pitch, that actually corresponds to the different energy levels where as you're hearing higher pitch notes, those are higher energy, higher frequency photons. And as you hear the lower pitches, so you're essentially sliding up and down the energy spectrum. Think of it as particles sliding down the magnetic field and gaining and losing speed depending on which direction they're whipping along the field lines. That's and it's, I mean, there was something in common with the with the Earth aurora, but it definitely sounded otherworldly. I mean, is it just like the 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 instruments that were used to measure the two the two different aurora? It it is a matter of this is a much better instrument. It has but much better frequency coverage, which is where you get the sliding up and down. Right. So if you imagine a difference between a slide whistle that's two inches long and a slide whistle that's twenty inches long, that allows you to detect different things. It's a difference in well, you're not getting all of the background hiss that you have from being within the Earth's atmosphere, and then it was just. They managed to take a much longer period of time, and they cheated. In that particular audio clip, they, they seriously cheated. Every 73 seconds of audio corresponds to 27 minutes. So they sped things up a little bit, which helps as well. Right. That's what I was, that's what I was wondering. Was that over a long period of time? Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next one. And, and just to give people a hint, this is also on Saturn, but it's something different. sounded like hail hitting like a tin roof but a little more muffled or <laughs> or like you're walking on on chunks of ice or walking on snow like icy snow or so I don't know if you've had this where you are but here in southern Illinois and then back growing up in Boston we'd sometimes get these snowstorms that would cover the roof and everything else in 5 6 10 inches of snow and then we get an ice storm afterwards so you end up with this layer of 
ice on top of the snow and the sound of the ice balls hitting the uh-huh. snow sounded a lot like this as well. We get never get anything like that. But but so so then <laughs> what lucky. is it though? It, that is lightning on Saturn. So are all those like pops? That's like lightning, lightning strikes. Bursts. Yeah. And so so you have basically you're you're catching all of the lightning strikes across a large section of the planet. You hear all of these little tiny pops that are all different frequencies and they're occurring over time. Again, this is one that's that's sped up. 28 seconds in this case is two hours. So you can imagine each of those little blips is is lightning that occurred over two hours. But this was a massive lightning storm. And we can also detect the Earth's lightning, but it, it doesn't sound like much when you add in the Earth's noise that we also receive. So this was just much more amazing. And we don't really think of Saturn as having lightning storms. It's not like we see lightning bolts when we look at pretty astronomical images of Saturn. But this is a stormy planet that has lightning going off all the time, and we can detect it from its radio signals. All right, well, let's move on to another one now. And this one is still, like, we're following a theme. So, <laughs> um, so again, it's lightning, but it's somewhere else. So let's listen. I'm here at a video game. It sounds very familiar. <laughs> I think I've played that game. Either that or like a bad 1980s sci-fi battle uh, scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. So I said it was lightning. So where's this? So this is here on Earth, but we're, we're listening to something different now. We're not listening to the bleeps of the individual lightning strikes like we were listening to with Saturn. The, these are what's called whistlers. And... Um, what, what ends up happening is when you have the lightning go off, it can produce ionized gas. And that ionized gas, as it gets caught up and travels along field lines, produces this whistling noise. So again, lightning, but you're hearing a different aspect of the lightning. And this is just one clip of many that we could have chosen from. You get them that that they sound sometimes like an entire arcade of video games because you get different ones going off at different frequencies all layered on top of each other. And um, so here we have ionized gas that is created by lightning and produces radio signals as it travels along magnetic field lines. But it's the same. It's the same phenomenon. That's really neat. Um, all right. Well, let's let's move on to an, another one. Right, so that one sounded similar to the haunted house sound. Yeah. Uh, but then there was like this crash halfway through. Right. So so it's sort of like you're going along, they're ty- trying to creep you out, they're trying to creep you out, and then they attack you with everything all at once. In this case, it, it's the Cassini spacecraft again, traveling through space, listening to radio waves, listening to radio waves, everything's fine, suddenly hits the edge of Saturn's magnetic field and that place where the solar wind hits the edge of the magnetic field. This is the Beauchamp region around Saturn and everything 
everything goes nuts at that particular place. One one way to think of this is it's almost like the sonic boom that's created when you start traveling faster than the speed of sound and it booms through. This is the radio in the magnetic field equivalent of that. So you have supersonic solar wind suddenly gets decelerated rather rapidly and creates this pulse of radio emissions across the entire frequency band. It's the same instrument that captured the the sounds of the aurora, which yeah. is why it sounds familiar, but it's but it's cap- capturing a different phenomenon at this point. I mean, you've seen those, probably we've all seen those pictures of a bow shock. We probably, usually we see it around the earth. We see these right. illustrations of it. And it almost looks like there's a comet around the, around the earth where on one side of the earth it's rounded and this is, you know, our, our magnetic field. And then on the other side of the earth, the one that's away from the sun is stretched out into this big long tail because that's the side that's not being impacted by the, the charged particles from the sun. And that's the thing that's protecting us, and I guess it's protecting Saturn. And this is that moment where, where the where Cassini crossed into that into that force field around Saturn, right? And and it wasn't the fact that Cassini crossed it so much that caused the sound, as Cassini was able to hear all of the solar particles that were traveling along with it have the holy expletive moment yeah. of 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 changing in velocity. And and this is something that, that we keep kind of saying as, as though everyone understands it. But all of these noises come from some sort of a particle, an electron, a proton, a, an atomic nuclei that doesn't have as many electrons attached to it as it should. It comes from one of these charged particles traveling through space and interacting with the magnetic field in a way that changes what direction it's moving in, it changes what speed it's traveling at, and all of these different changes represent a change in the energy of the particle. And when you change the energy of a particle, that energy that it lost has to go somewhere. And we're it's losing the energy is into creating radio light. And, and so if you think of it in terms of if you get something going really fast, it, it has to take energy from somewhere. That's the gasoline. And then when you slow it down really fast, slam on the brakes, the tires get really, really hot from all of that energy that had been the motion of the car getting expelled in against well, the asphalt is the tires try and screech to a, a slowdown. So what becomes hot tires when it's a slowing down particle becomes radio energy instead. Right. Or to use another analogy, right, if you're not wearing your seatbelt and you <laughs> run <laughs> right. into something and you come smashing out the front window, uh, you're the radio emissions being yeah. given off by the car, which is the particle from the sun. All right. Well, another, the next one then is... Similar, but a different spacecraft. Yep. That one was a little more subtle. What were we hearing there? Those were what are called electron plasma oscillations, which is a a fancy way of saying there's a whole lot of charged particles out there. And... 
as those charged particles from outside of our solar system hit the termination shock of the solar particles pushing against them, they, they end up getting driven into oscillations. And the Voyager spacecraft, as it's trying to leave the solar system, has had this weird experience of the, the solar termination shock. Where it ends depends on how active the sun is. So it goes back and forth like where the shoreline is on a beach. As you're walking along, sometimes your feet are dry, sometimes they're wet. Well, sometimes Voyager for a while was within the termination shock and sometimes it was beyond. And as it was traveling along, it got to pick up all of these little electron plasma oscillations along the edge of that, well, termination shock to our solar system. And so the termination shock is is sweeping past Voyager and then coming back in. And and beyond the termination shock is where there's a region of electron plasma that is oscillating. And, and those little blips of noise that you hear, those are the plasma oscillations. Now, the, the reason it doesn't sound quite so sexy as the other ones is it's Voyager. Right. It's a very old spacecraft very far away, not able to send a lot of data, not a lot of power. <laughs> right. You can barely hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's several hours worth of data collapsed down into those six seconds of audio. And the frequency range that we were listening to was a lot less than some of the other clips. So when Cassini, well, Cassini will never get a chance to leave <laughs> no. the termination shock. But if it could, it would sound different. We would hear a, a more high fidelity version of this. So hopefully yeah. someday we will get to send an instrument with the fidelity of, of Cassini out there. But um, it's not in the budget right now. So let's do our, our last piece of audio here. I heard a saw going, you know, going, <laughs> yeah. going through metal really far away or, or some bird, some exotic bird in the middle of a rainforest making its sad call. What, what are we hearing? Well, what, what, what I heard, which isn't what it was, actually was a 1980 synthesizer attempting to pretend to be either a piccolo or a bird right. <laughs> and failing miserably in the process. The reality is we, we were listening to energetic electrons at Jupiter caught up in its magnetic fields. Jupiter is one of the most complex magnetic fields in the solar system in terms of, well, it has a nice normal magnetic field that has moons embedded inside of it. And those moons spew up particles that get ca caught in the magnetic fields and some of them have their own magnetic fields and well to the hapless electrons out there they can create what are called cyclotron emissions as they move through the magnetic fields and spiral rapidly around and around the field lines and in the process they give off radio emission that sounds rather like you wish you were wearing earplugs well, this is Jupiter's equivalent of a particle accelerator. 
Exactly. Yeah. And and it it's one of the biggest particle accelerators in, in the solar system. It's just not useful for doing, well, Higgs boson type science. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the power would be there, but um, <laughs> just can't control it. Exactly. R- right. So so that was great. Now, now, that's actually only about half of the spooky sounds that are out there. We just cover the ones that we have in the solar system. So maybe next year we'll cover the spooky sounds that we have around the whole universe because there's pulsars and... Mazars and quasars. Quasars and all kinds of great stuff. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this. And I would love to hear if anybody wants to turn this into a haunted house uh, background sound. <laughs> they could, people could, could play it in their homes and people are like, what's that weird sound? And, and, and we have to... Space. We, we have to give kudos to the University of Iowa for listing most of these up on their websites. This this show was made much easier to put together thanks to uh, the hard work of the folks there just archiving all of these noises and making them sound not horrible to the human ear. And I know that you kind of curated this one with your friends on Twitter. So thanks to everybody on Twitter who who responded to you and pointed you towards cool, spooky space sounds. So one final announcement before we disappear. I was asked by Andy Shainer at the Lunar and Planetary Institute down in Houston, Texas, if I could let all of you know about a project called MyMoon. They are actually trying to provide jobs to people 18 to 25 who are interested in the moon and are interested in helping them out with the moon. And if you want to find out more, we'll be tweeting about it and we'll post a link up on the website. Or you can just Google My Moon Street Team and find out how you can be a part of, well, helping everyone know more about the solar system. That sounds really great. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Pamela. We'll talk to you next week. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. This has been Astronomy Cast, a weekly facts-based journey through the cosmos. Show notes and transcripts for every episode are available on our website. Check it out at astronomycast.com. You can send us any comments, questions, or feedback to info at astronomycast.com. We read every email. The show is a nonprofit educational resource provided by Fraser Kane and Dr. Pamela Gay. We're supported through the kind donations of listeners like you. If you enjoy Astronomy Cast, why not give us a donation? It helps us pay for bandwidth, transcripts, and show notes. Just click the donate link on the website. All donations are tax deductible for U.S. taxpayers. You can support the show for free, too. Write a review or recommend it to your friends. Every little bit helps. Click support the show on our website to see some suggestions. To subscribe to the show, point your podcatching software at astronomycast.com slash podcast.xml or subscribe directly from iTunes. Music is provided by Travis Searle. The show was edited by Preston Gibson. Astronomy Cast is produced at Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, with generous support from Universe Today. 